are realizing the value of community in a way they not considered it because it was just always available. Yeah. And I hope what also transitions then is people don't take it for granted once it returns. Hello and welcome to Avenger Bros, your podcast about biblical literacy, discipleship, and historical context. I'm your co-host, George Benson. I'm your other co-host, Don Shiver. And we are back for the first time this year. Yeah, if it was a planned season, this would be season three? Season two? Season three. Season three? Yeah. Um, Our hiatus really wasn't, though, uh, in between season break. No, no, it was not. So we had originally planned to come back in January. And then um, there was some life stuff that got in the way of that. Uh, just, you know, even before this whole COVID thing, um, my wife and I actually relocated to Sylvania, Ohio, which is a suburb outside of Toledo. Uh, and that was last week that we did that. And that was a long process that started end of January, beginning of February. Um, and so that took up a lot of the mental, extra mental and emotional energy that I had uh, that I usually dedicate to the podcast. And it was just, yeah, it was just not a good time. So I do apologize everybody for getting back to this so late. I think, I think, I think people will accept that apology. If not, they probably aren't listening to this episode anyhow. <laughs> they're they're going to be surprised when it pops up <laughs> right. in their feed. Yeah. Um, but so it's, it's kind of funny. Don and I were talking a, a little bit uh, during our awful practice run, how the last time we did this was over Zoom when you were in Toledo and I was in Columbus. Yep. Now, thanks to self-isolation, we're doing it over Zoom. You're in Toledo and I'm Toledo Also adjacent. in Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, that is the beauty, though, of technology. I have to say that, man, I could not imagine being in this situation. And when I was a child before, you know, internet, uh, before, uh, you know, when cable TV was really just kind of getting going. And like, I just, I, man, this at that time, I just don't even think that the world would have survived. <laughs> like, I don't think there would have been the self-distance, uh, you know, personal distancing or social distancing happening. So, yeah. Yeah. So how has this um, kind of affected, how, how, how much of an effect has this had on dust? Because I know uh, you'd said before we started recording that you had been doing dust over, uh, you know, through Zoom for five years or so? Yeah, I mean, so Dust is the church that I'm pastoring uh, that I started uh, several years ago. And when we were in, we initially started in Blacksburg, Virginia, and that's the town that uh, Virginia Tech is in. And so with being in a town like Blacksburg, it's nobody's future town. It's no one's future home. Everyone is only passing through they're getting their degree at Virginia Tech and they're moving on to something else. And so we had a lot of folks pass through our church who then were moving into a new town, a new community, and to help them stay connected. And we do some unique things with the way that we approach church. And so 
we started broadcasting and using Zoom software actually to uh, help them stay connected. And so we've been we've been using Zoom and we've been broadcasting uh, and doing different creative things for a long time. Like we've been doing Bible studies on Zoom and everything like that for a long time. So, so for us, in a lot of ways, um, this didn't change a ton for us, right? Um, what it did do, however, is uh, I think some important things for us that uh, was good for us was that now we're all online. Like every single one of us are online when we do a gathering. And I think that's opened the eyes to some of the folks that attend our church physically, how difficult it can be um, if you're online. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's showing because, you know, when you're physically present, there's, there ends up, at least at our church, there's a lot of banter and there's laughter and stuff and there's interaction in, during the church service which is great, but the people online kind of miss out on some of that stuff. Um, and so uh, I think this has opened some of our folks' eyes on like what it means to be online and experience it from that perspective. So it's, it's an opportunity for some of our folks to, you know, wear someone else's shoes for a little bit. So I think it's, it's pretty cool. So. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's, it, it, it's good that, uh, yeah, no, that's, that is good. But it's also really nice that, you know, this is something that you were already ahead of the curve on. Yeah, there's very few things, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I know you're kind of being uh, joking about that, but seriously, there are very few things that the church seems to be ahead on. And if it sure. usually is, it's a very small percent of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and what's been really cool is that since we've already been thinking about online community and how to stay connected to people online um, or using the internet as a means of community. Since that's already been part of our thinking for the last five years, what, what this uh, social distancing has done for us is while other people are figuring out the basics, it's allowed us to start thinking bigger. Um, so we've started things like, you know, and I don't think that this is unique in in any major way, but like our church now, we host AA meetings online through Zoom. We uh, we hosted uh, an open mic night via Zoom. Um, we do two times a week. We read children's books to kids uh, through Zoom. So like all the kids in our community. And honestly, we have people from all over the country who just friends of friends uh, who have kids to just give parents a break for a half hour, two, two days a week. And uh, one of the women in our church is uh, uh, Sarah, one of our Patreon supporters, actually. Um, she's a fantastic uh, piano teacher and vocal teacher. And so she does sing-alongs, Disney sing-alongs a couple times a week. And we just, it's been really fun to kind of become creative. Uh, we have folks who are going to do possibly do some like cooking lessons and cooking classes and uh, American sign language classes. And um, so like just lots of really, really fun, creative things. Um, one of our folks is possibly going to host a karaoke night. I don't know how that'll work, but that sounds amazing to me. And 
my spouse does co-working. So people that are used to working with other people and being around other people in an office space, they all just get on Zoom uh, for a couple hours and you have the sound of other people working around you. You have interspersed conversations here and there, but it's really just Zooms on, it's in the background, but it gives you the sound of working with other people. And I'm mean, just some really, really cool things. And for me, what's exciting about this, um, and exciting sounds like such the wrong word, right? Um, is it's going to potentially raise awareness of accessibility also, right? Like all of this is, it impacts accessibility. Say, say, say more on that. Well, I mean, we have folks who, through health problems, uh, it's hard for them to physically participate in community. Um, they might be able to get to church, but it would be hard for them to get back for Bible study, or they can't drive at night, or, you know, there's a whole litany of things, or just, you know, they only have, you know, if our listeners are familiar with the spoon analogy, they only have so many spoons, and they might have enough energy to uh, to participate in watching something online, but to, and maybe say something here and there, but to actually attend would be too much. So um, I also love if I don't know if people know because I think like I saw a, a funny meme that said it was like a Scooby Doo meme, and they unmask uh, the villain, and it's Zoom is the villain that caused COVID. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean. And, uh, but on zoom, you can even do closed captioning. So uh, if you have someone in your community that is capable of typing uh, quickly, um, that you can actually put closed captioning up on the screen while a teaching is going like, there's just so many really amazing things that help us to recognize that um, when the able-bodied amongst us finds that we have less access to physical and emotional interactions with each other, unfortunately, that will open our eyes to accessibility issues that people who are not able-bodied um, have on a regular daily basis and hopefully this brings about some perspective. I, I would even liken it to, and this is getting away from maybe the video stuff, but like people who don't understand how people end up in poverty, but yet some folks have only missed one paycheck during this whole thing. And they're already saying they're going to lose their house or they're going to lose this or that. And so what they thought was financial security really wasn't actually financial security and realizing how fragile and how, um, tenuous our affluences uh, is also something that's, I think, hopefully people are really introspective during this time and recognize just how fragile um, health, how fragile um, accessibility, how fragile uh, financial stability, uh, food scarcity, like folks who yeah. are, you know, are running out of food in their home. So. No, I mean, uh, <clears throat> yeah, those are all great points. So I really hope that, you know, Americans as a whole, maybe bigger than Americans, but so, our society as a whole has a great ability to um, 
forget. Oh, so I'm really, I, I'm curious. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm really curious to see how, um, how everything changes after this. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where I think we can get our hopes too high and, and in many ways, unfairly, right? Um, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in this. And I think we should be happy with any lessons learned. Um, that doesn't mean we shouldn't hope for more lessons learned, but you know, I just look around and dolphins returning to the canals in Venice and uh, the city of Wuhan, uh, where now you can see blue skies every day. Um, and uh, even just people, I was just watching something, a video of someone in a major city in the U Oh, in Vegas. And they were riding around Vegas on a personal electric vehicle and just showing how the streets were empty. And, but they were talking about how like the air quality is so good right now. And I just think about that and I think, wow, this is an opportunity for us to recognize the impact that our constant need to um, produce. I, I don't know what the word is because I don't want to be harsh. Like it's easy to be harsh here, right? But I don't think most people are being greedy. I don't think most people are being selfish. I think most people are just doing what is normal activity. Yeah. Um, but our need to participate in some of this stuff has negatively impacted our world. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting opportunity. So I really hope people use this time as introspection, uh, not about what the world has lost. I think this is a very garden moment, right? We, we've talked about this before on the podcast, how Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden, not for what, the, not because they lost something, but because they became more like God. Yeah. I hope people use this opportunity of social distancing to not just think about what they've lost and think about it that way, but think about what the world has gained from social distancing um, and use that to balance some of our perspectives when we come out the other side of this. We've gained a more healthy earth. We've gained a uh, more healthy view of ableism um, we've Community. gained a more healthy view of affluence and, uh, you know, privilege, right? Like I'd say that privilege for me right now, this is probably the clearest and most obvious my privilege has ever been. Right. Oh but yeah. Very little, very little income has been lost in my household. Um, we both are working from home, which we were already were, which is yeah. privilege. Um, I have this magnificent command center set up that uh, George, you were you were commenting on before we got started, right? Yep. Uh, two monitors. I have a microphone. I have a camera. I have like everything I need to broadcast and do our Zoom meetings and to record this uh, that we're doing now and just access, right? I, yeah. I just have so much access and. I'm, I'm like, it's kind of striking me, you know, like just how, because people are like, how has this changed? And, you know, for our audience that has been around for a while knows that I've had 
you know, some health problems the last couple of years. Yeah. So I've already been practicing social distancing for the last couple of <laughs> years. And in all fairness, my social distancing has reduced during this time because more people are home. So people zoom with me all the time. People interact with me during the day all the time. Now I have more meetings and stuff than I've had because people have way more free time. People have way more, uh, they're at home. So like for me, I've actually gotten busier, uh, <laughs> not, not more time on my hands. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So what about you? What are some of the things? And I realize you are really busy, right? Like I don't even know that you've had time to slow down, but I did note. I do think it's interesting what you said earlier, um, not even during our practice run, but before we got started, just about how weird it was to oh. move. Yeah. Oh, it, it was, it, it's just been so crazy. So I was, I was telling, or Don asked how our move had gone. Um, and it was essentially just my wife and I and my parents moving stuff off of a truck. And it, you know, my aunt and uncle helped a little bit, but it was really bizarre um, <clears throat> because as we were starting to pack everything up, um, Governor DeWine put the social distancing and stay at home order in place. And <clears throat> that was, it, it's just been such a bizarre experience because the time that, you know, my wife and I moved a lot. So by the times that we would normally get together with people and, you know, say goodbye or have dinner or, you know, go to church and in our small group, we just haven't seen anybody from where we had previously lived. So it's been weird moving in a vacuum because now I'm back to pretty much where I grew up from and I have only seen my parents twice, you know, and part of the reason we moved back was to be closer to, to my family as a whole. So just not seeing anybody and <laughs> driving around uh, where I used to eat lunch, uh, you know, when, when I was a pastor, just, it's just been so freaking weird. Yeah. Because it feels, I, was, I think I said, it feels like I'm in an Airbnb, but I have all my shit in the house. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, everything around me looks vaguely familiar, but it's also like I'm just in this dream. It's just been super bizarre. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, like, moving is such a, in, in some ways, it's such a community thing. Yeah. Right? Like, everyone hates that about community but everyone's grateful when they're the one moving when you have a a community of people around you right and so there's it's such a communal thing and so it also to me it doesn't feel at all like you're in Toledo no I mean and that was one of the things when I told Don about this move we were both excited because you know we've spent so much time apart over the last seven years that finally we're in the same area again and we can't wait to just hang out and you know, renew the aspects of our friendship that physicality has been, been missing. You know, there's always just something different, which is a, such a weird thing to talk about right now because of everything that's going on. But yeah, I don't even feel like I'm here. Right. Other than I popped up to my parents' house because some stuff was delivered uh, to their house for, mm. for the interim. So it's just like, okay, well, that wasn't a two and a half hour drive. <laughs> so George... Um, I mean, I, I think we're going to talk about Easter and stuff, um, as well today, but, 
um, more importantly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we know that story. You know, actually, I saw a meme that actually I thought was humorous, that was religious, um, that was kind of cheesy. But so this is, you know, off what I was just going to say, but it was like, don't sweat about your church being empty on Sunday because the tomb was too. <laughs> and I thought that was, I was like, I was like, that's pretty cheesy. Um, but it was also pretty witty. And uh, I, I thought it was a good calm yeah. down, folks. Simmer down now. But anyhow, um, theologically speaking, um, you know, you and I um, are in agreement on this. I mean, I'm assuming uh, completely in agreement, but we we might have some nuances, right? That God doesn't cause things like this. Like God wasn't like, you know, ready to drop the COVID hammer on the world. Yeah. Um, And so this isn't God in some form of anger or retribution towards humans behavior. Right. So let's just, we'll begin with that base. Um, What do you think then, because my perspective is, and I think you share this with me is that God didn't cause this to happen, but because it happened, we can learn things about faith and God in the midst of it. Right. Like we have the opportunity to take this, tragedy take this pandemic and uh grow our own faith and theology in the midst of it um through thinking about it pondering it and such is that fair yeah i think that that's fair so what do you what are you learning oh man and i realize you've been busy so it's somewhat of an unfair question as as always i put george (laughs) on the spot with these questions and well I, i think you know we, growing up and, and stretching in the Christian confines that I had, trying to understand a triune God was always a nightmare. So mm. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, but nightmare is a way I've never heard it described, but <laughs> go on, tell me more. <laughs> well, no, it's just like, you know, um, it, you're, you're, I was always told that I needed to find this perfect balance to where one didn't become an idol because we oh, have, so we have that um, ability to do that, which is so and we need it, to do a whole episode on idols. Oh, absolutely. That'll be a, that'll be a series. Um, so, but the one thing that I always understood is that community is a requirement in order for God to work as God. Hmm. And so like the, you know, going from one community where I had a lot of healing and growth uh, in, in a short period of time in Columbus to another community where, you know, I, I was burned pretty badly in Toledo when, when we left seven years ago. And, you know, I, I helped light a few torches on that. Um, but uh, the communal aspect of man <laughs> just being put up okay so just the, the 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 lack of community i think everybody feels that in their bones and so that's i mean for me that's the biggest thing that i'm learning right now is you know i always thought that i was a bit of an extrovert but over the years i've really enjoyed solitude and um, staying at home <laughs> but now that i've had I've had it for over a week and a half. You know, I'm, I'm really going to miss not being in church on, 
on Sunday morning yeah. because it's Easter. But at the same time, you know, I have a, I believe God is, is, is bigger than just my pity party on not being around people. And so it's really been stretching. Um, you, you know, you were talking about accessibility and ableism earlier on. And I was just thinking, you know, how many Bible studies that I'd been to that I, I hope they change for the better and there are dedicated uh, FaceTime links or, or Zoom or whatever. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if any of that makes a whole lot of sense. It was strange. Sure, I mean, I've, I mean, I put you on the spot, but also, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it really is. I, I think a lot of people maybe are realizing the value of community in a way they've not considered it because it was just always available. Yeah. And I hope with also transitions then is people don't take it for granted once it returns that instead people do intention intentionally invest in community. Yeah. Right. Because I think there's a lot of folks who um, are participate in community um because it's available and they have the availability to do so. I would love for something of this to be that people go, you know what? I now know how valuable that is. I'm going to actually be intentional and invest in it. Oh, so. I, I completely agree. I mean, the, uh, you know, it's like, at what cost? <laughs> so seeing that dolphins have returned to Venice, and you know, uh, CO two is is down, and you know the Earth is repairing itself in in ways. And this has just been such a short time that things have been stopped. Um, it's like, you know, this seems like it'd be the perfect opportunity for people to say, okay, well, we see what's happening. We see what our destruction of earth is at the cost of, I mean, I'm just, I would say greed because I don't have a better word for it right now um, because we're so used to the current way of life that it's hard to imagine another way is possible. It's like, uh, you know, it's really upsetting when you, when you can imagine the end of the world before the end of capitalism. Yeah. Interesting. But it's like, okay, well, at what cost are we, are we causing destruction to ourselves? You know, this would be a good, we, we should put, we should promise a link that we're not going to put in the show notes. Okay. For the book Ishmael. Um, because the book Ishmael um, is, I think it's by Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N. Um it's this idea of the difference between givers and takers or leavers and takers, I think it might be. Um, and how humans are takers and, um, and how we really should be uh, leavers. I think, I think it was leavers and takers. It might be givers and takers, but this idea that, you know, one of the things you, you probably remember George is that early on when we were starting uh, the Saturday morning food picnics and stuff in the downtown of Toledo that we would always say, leave the space better than what, when we arrived. Right. Yeah. 
and try to make sure it was even cleaner, like clean up trash that was already there, clean up, you know, empty trash cans that were already part way full when we arrived. And that we, we tried to always leave the space in a better place than it was. And so we're not takers. We didn't take advantage of the space and you use up the resources. And so I, I think that Ishmael would be an interesting book for a lot of people. It'd be a good, a good uh, social distancing book to read. Um, so anyhow, okay. it, yeah. have you ever read it, George? No, I'd never heard of it. Oh, I highly, highly recommend it. And the premise of the book is so unique and interesting um, that uh, there's part of me that wants to say what it is right now, but then there's part of me that goes, people aren't going to read it if I do. Don't. Don't um, say it. The premise, it is, surprise. the premise is super unique, but you need to read it. If you're at all interested in ecology, theology, um, and philosophy, you should read this book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll it's actually it. a trilogy, but the first book is, is hands down the best. Okay. Okay. Um, so I know we're, we said that we would talk about Easter. Uh, so I guess my question is, how are you planning to do it this year? I mean, I assume it's going to be over zoom, but like, is it going to be how you would, Normally do it because I mean it's just such a weird thing yeah. right now. So it was funny last night at like one a.m. I was still up and um, I get this Facebook message from a friend of mine who is the uh, one of the religious uh, columnists for the Toledo newspaper, and he's like he's like hey Don I'm I'm looking into how churches are beyond just streaming their services are encouraging people to practice Easter this year with social distancing. And he's like, so I thought, you know, I'd hit you up to see what, what ideas or thoughts you have. And I was like, Hmm, I hadn't thought about that. Um, see George, you know, this in our, in our regulars knows I'm a terrible Christian. Like I am not good at this at all. This whole, this whole process of being uh, a pastor or, you know, yeah. I'm I wouldn't just say you're that. terrible. I think you have a unique spin on it. Well, it was fair, fair. Right. Um, I, I was being, hopefully I was, it was, it was just really kind of in jest anyhow, just, I'm not your typical uh, pastor in, in a lot of ways. And so um, Easter is always kind of like a, a meh time for me. Anyhow, I, I just, I don't really care that much about Easter, um, which is, you know, might already have people shutting off the podcast right now. Um, I feel the same way about Christmas. Um, I think that the reason Christmas and Easter are times when people attend church is because it's the only time that people celebrate the birth of Jesus and uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus in the church. <laughs> I don't think it's just the attenders fault. I think it's the church's freaking fault. <laughs> no, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, why are, why is every, every Sunday should be the celebration of the death and resurrection and that, you know, it's not just one day a year. Yeah, I, I just think like churches go all out on Christmas and Easter 
And then they wag fingers at people for only attending on Christmas and Easter. And maybe if they put the same energy in the rest of the year, people would show up the rest of the time, right? Like, come on, let's just accept it, that it's our fault, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I get so mad when people are like, oh, those sea and ears uh, that only attend twice a year. And it's like, well, only twice a year do you actually give two shits about the way your service actually comes across. Um, and then the rest of it, you're just, you're, you're phoning it in or maybe zooming it in is now the uh, culturally appropriate, uh, way to say it. Um, so anyhow, Easter to me is, is, is a powerful moment in scripture. Passover, right? Passover starts, uh, tonight, um, while we're recording, right? The day that we're recording Passover starts this evening. Yep. And the fact that we've disconnected the death and resurrection of Jesus from Passover is one of the biggest atrocities that the church has committed, um, in my opinion, because you cannot fully understand and comprehend the power of the symbolism and significance of the moment without Passover. Um, and otherwise, this is just another murder by Rome uh, of an oppressed person uh, tortured to death for causing disruption in the hierarchy of power and influence in the community. This would just be another murder. Uh, and, but instead uh, happening on the eve of Passover, um, and who Jesus's followers believe Jesus to be and who Jesus through different behaviors, actions, and miracles, uh, proclaimed to be. And then with the, uh, imagery of an empty tomb three days later, all of a sudden this becomes a unique story in the midst of Israel's story that is already being, has been told and being retold at this time of year. So anyhow, I'll get off my, I'll get off my soapbox now. No, you won't keep going. Well, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I need some prompting. I, it's been so long since we've done this. Uh, yeah, that's true. That I, I need some, I need some George prompts. Boy. Um, well, I guess what what I meant by that question was, I mean, so when we started this three years ago, um, it was around this time. I think one of our first episodes, one of our first few episodes was about Easter. Okay. Again, last year. So it just seems, um, you seem to always have some type of thought on it. And I know this year is going to be different because it's going to be completely online. Now, I don't know if it's any different um, for you because you've been doing church online for a long time. Sure. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was kind of an open-ended question, but. Well, I know one of the things that we're doing that we would be doing if we were physical or distanced um, is I am going to surprise the church uh, on Sunday um, by it only being women who are allowed to talk. 
Nice. Um, and the men in the church, uh, the males in the church are going to be asked to be silent and listen to the witness of the women. Um, now, the church doesn't know that's coming, and thankfully this isn't being released until after Easter, right? It can now, yes. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Surprise! <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, so that's, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to. Um, and I don't know how it'll go because, you know, this is, I, 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 one of the things I love about being a church plant or a new church startup is we get to be creative. And sometimes what we do when we're creative bombs and it's not interesting, it's not good. And this could be one of those moments, but this could also be one of those moments that we never forget. Uh, we might not forget because it bombs so bad too, but um, you know, I don't know how fair it is to just drop this on the church, but I'm excited about the fact I'm just going to read. I'm initially going to read the story of, of the women uh, being the initial witnesses. And then I'm just going to say, now we're going to sit and listen to our witnesses in our church um, and open the floor for women to share um, their experience of faith and whether that's laments, whether that's celebrations, whatever that might be. Oh, it sounds great. Well, I'll let you know in a couple of weeks whether or not it was. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, um, I, you know, I think that that's a great place to wrap up this episode. Okay. So uh, hopefully, I would say the plan is to get back to a weekly release. Um, but I'm sure the next couple of weeks are going to be a little rocky just with transitioning and trying to figure out my new job and working from home. Uh, but um, I'm really excited to be back. I'm excited for you to be back. I'm excited for us to, to do this again. Um, this, this always brings me life every week. So uh, in a very selfish, greedy way, uh, I needed this. So I just appreciate you being honest about it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no, I mean, same. I'm, uh, you know, and I'm really looking forward to uh, in hopefully in June when we're able to do this in person. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah. All right. Well, go ahead. Do you have something? Nope. Oh, all right. Well, I have been your co-host, George. I've been your other co-host, Don. Have a great week, everyone. Merry Easter. Yes. Merry, Merry Easter. Merry Easter.